Anita, how's your mental health? <laughs> Questionable <laughs> at all times. You know this. Yeah. How's the mental health of your children? Um, also a little bit tricky. Can I tell you my experience in trying to find therapists for myself and my kids, Mel? Yes, please. Okay. This is how it goes. You ask around your friends and your family for a referral for somebody who's nearby. You finally find somebody who sounds like they might work for your family. You give them a call and you find out that A, they're not accepting new patients or B, they have a huge wait list. So you start over again and you ask people if they know anybody who would be a good therapist and a good fit. Finally, you find one, you go and you meet with them and you figure out that you don't actually like them that much. But it's been so much work to find somebody who you can go to in your area that you're kind of stuck with them. Well, do you have any ideas for how to get around this? Um, I do, because guess what? I've actually had some therapists that I have found on my own, which involves what you're saying. Sometimes I remember one time I was like three hours in the bathtub on my phone looking through yeah. websites. I was such a prune at the end. But I have also had the experience with working with BetterHelp and it was like, I, I don't want to say too good to be true, but because it is true, but it's like amazing because I was matched with my therapist within 24 hours. And you didn't have to go through all of that other ridiculous process of trying to find somebody. And here's the cool thing too, is if that person didn't work out for you, you can just switch and say, and it's not like you're committing to another years long search for somebody who you're going to jive with. It's true. And I lucked out or maybe just BetterHelp is really good at matching people together because I never had to change my therapist. I loved her. Perfect fit for me. And I know that some of our friends have used BetterHelp and they've had to change therapists and boom, same day can change. Easy peasy. You can ghost your therapist. <laughs> Get a new one. I love this idea. BetterHelp is one of our sponsors. If you use our promo code, trybetterhelp.com slash WWDN, you get 10% off your first month and we totally recommend it. Yes. Get some therapy. That's <laughs> trybetterhelp.com slash WWDN. Melba Toast J. Shore. Anita Massage Coil. What are we talking about today? We are talking about guilt. G-U-I-L-T, guilt. What do you want to say about it? Um, this is a big, stupid issue in pretty much everybody's lives, but especially in widowhood. Yes? Yes. I just want you to know that my family wears guilt like... A, a medal of honor like we are very skilled at holding our guilt close to our hearts do you and have cuddling it caressing it <laughs> wow and help you grow you're nurturing your guilt you're saying i'm trying to break free of that but it's a family trait yes do you all have guilt contests mm, maybe if if we do, they're not overt. They're not like the guilt Olympics. They're oh. undercover, I would say. So guilt is not something exclusive to widows. Obviously, I think anybody that's living right now knows this. But it can be exacerbated when we are widowed. 
hugely exacerbated because your person has died. And so, of course, you're going to look back at every decision you ever made in your entire life and you're going to say, could I have prevented their death? And then we also don't have a chance to repair relationships or change anything about our relationships. So then we can also have guilt, not about just only their death, but we can also have guilt about our relationship and whether we were loving enough or whether we had that fight that one time or whether we got mad at them for something that was stupid and we just go back. So some Um, of that guilt can be imposed on ourselves by ourselves or others can impose it on us. Yeah, which is super stupid. Yeah. Do you feel any guilt over Scott's death? Not over his death because I did not have anything to do with it because it was sudden. He wasn't even, I know that that's surprising to you by your reaction that I had nothing. Just how you said you didn't have anything to do with it. I was like, well, I didn't think you had anything to do with it. Mm -hmm. Well, he died in a different state. He was in a surgery. That was his choice. I asked him before he died if he thought he was going to die because it was a tonsillectomy. And he said no. He just was worried about his singing voice being affected or something. I don't know. So I felt like with those things, no. But we had only been married almost two years. And so I did have guilt for if I had spent the time wisely with him and I I, now I know it's more of like just typical struggles that people go through when they are older adults and they get married and you're trying to meld your lives and you're both independent and you're both like doing your own thing I did have a lot of guilt over that because you cannot go back and fix anything or I, I wondered if he what he thought like you're you're trying to go through your mind and like relive every single scenario and every single situation and like like you said like kind of go through the fine tooth comb and see where you did wrong and what you could have done differently and if I had said this would he have gotten the surgery or what if he had had the surgery at a different doctor what if I had put up a fight and not let him be independent and you know or what if you were with him have you ever like felt guilty that you didn't choose to be with him instead of going to your uncle's funeral Yes, because that was the original plan was that I was going to go up yeah. and do that. But but the only thing that has brought me out of that, because I, I would go back and forth for a long time, like I should have been there. I should have been there. And he, my mom told me this the other day, the last text that he sent to her was, I wish I could be there to support you guys. Yeah. And the texts that I have that were the last ones from Scott were, don't worry about coming up here because your family needs you. Yeah. I'll be fine later. So I would oscillate between that. So I, that gave me something concrete to look at, to help me pull out of it. But it took a long time before I was like, Oh my gosh. And then I was like, who's, who's judging me? Like, is his family upset that I wasn't there? Are his friends upset? I wasn't there. And people are going to talk anyway. So Yeah, tons of guilt with like the actual situation and then guilt and regret for maybe things that had been done or regrets that had not been done. Yeah. 
Um, isn't it funny though that even though he specifically told you not to come be with him, you still found your way into feeling guilty about it? It's almost like the guilty feeling is the default and we have to find our way out of feeling guilty somehow. Even though, I mean, in your case, there really was nothing that you actively did that caused him to die. You know what I'm saying? The one thing that I could think of if I wanted to would be, well, if I had chosen not to help my uncle pass on or be there for my family, I would have been up there with Scott. And maybe I would have caught that he had stopped breathing in the morning right. when he was alone in his room. Yeah. So I for sure had a, so much guilt about Jason's death. And I do feel like in my case, it was warranted. Except for that, I want to talk later about the word guilt. But while we're right here, um, I felt terribly guilty about Jason dying because he had some symptoms that I reasonably could have caught on to and perhaps gotten him the help that he needed to not die. So I felt like I let him down big, 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 big time. And even though my logical brain told me that that wasn't logical, it didn't, it didn't matter that was still really deep inside of me. And when people just told me to let it go or tried to logic it out of me, it didn't, it really didn't work. Um, it was something that and I feel this way about everything in widowhood. And it's so stupid is that I had to, I had to come to terms with it. People, other people telling me why it didn't make sense was not helpful. But when I was able to do it, then, then I could come out of it. And um I, I think about our friends whose husbands have died or wives or partners or whoever have died of something more complicated, like a cancer or a long-term illness. And I think about all of the decisions that have to be made during a long illness and how awful it would be to get to the end and to look back and like you were saying, fine tooth comb and say, what if we would have chosen this different medicine? What if we would have chosen a different doctor? What if we would have chosen a different treatment? And there's just got to be a thousand more places where you can load the guilt on yourself and load that upon yourself. And how big of a burden that must be to carry. And suicide. Mm-hmm. That is so tough. It always comes with guilt. Yeah. Or that- substance abuse. Yeah. From substance abuse or alcoholism. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I feel like we both had fairly low guilt situations and it was still really hard for us. The amount of guilt that is felt by people in more complex situations, I would say is probably devastating at times. Don't you think? Or oh, suffocating. Yeah. For sure. I mean, and especially in the cases of substance abuse, addicts, suicides, domestic abuse. There's there's a lot that goes with that because it's it can often not be a typical kind of I don't want to say standard, but I don't have another word for it. Standard marriage or partnership mm-hmm. where you oh, have yeah. kind of typical ups and downs. There could be an abuse cycle or 
if in case of an addict, there's volatility and there's walking on eggshells by the partner and there's what is considered enabling and not. And so a lot of guilt can go just with the living part before the person's gone. Yeah. And then I, I imagine that there's also guilt that goes along with, just like we were saying, examining the relationship before we got to the death also you know was I too hard on them was I too easy on them our relationship wasn't what I wanted it to be we could go on and on and on and on and on about things that cause us to feel guilt and then you mentioned this at the beginning and oh is all of those things when family members or friends are saying to you why didn't you stop them? Why didn't you make a dis- different decision about the doctor? Had you d- caught this earlier, they might still be alive. And then you're carrying the guilt of other people that they're placing on you. Mm, not cool. It's not cool. So Anita, how did you work through your guilt? Um, was it intentional or did it just kind of, oh, it was, no, it was very intentional because that was something that was really, really hard. And this is what I was going to, say before when I said the the words guilt so one of the things that was helpful for me to kind of start to think about was the difference between guilt and regret so guilt is a feeling that you feel when you have done something to intentionally harm somebody else and did I do anything to intentionally harm Jason no And so I was able to let go of the idea of guilt and then grab onto the idea of regret and regret is a normal part of human existence. You know, if I could go back and do it over again, would I change some things? Yes. You know, a thousand times. Yes. But it's a different idea than guilt because I didn't do anything with the intention of hurting anybody I was doing the best that I could in that time with what I knew. And it's so easy, you know, they say hindsight's 2020. It's so easy to look back and piece all of the things together. But in the time, of course, I didn't piece them together. Had I pieced them together and then not acted on it, maybe I could say that, you know, guilt was actually a valid feeling. But then I started relabeling it as regret and regret is an easier, I feel like an easier thing to wrestle with. Does that make sense? Yeah. I have a question about this. I met a friend several years back when I was still in college and I remember her saying, I hate the emotion guilt. I think it's so ridiculous and it doesn't serve any purpose. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was so fascinating that she put it that way. So now that you've had experience with those guilt and regret things, what is your comment on that? I agree with her. If guilt or regret, if the sole purpose is to beat ourselves up, then yeah, I think it serves absolutely no purpose. I do think that there's a part of us where I don't want to say guilt because I've already explained how guilt is, you know, more of a wrongdoing. And regret is just wishing that you could do it a different way. I do think that in some ways, sometimes regret about how we're doing things leads to some self-introspection and we can change how we do things. So I think that if we are feeling those feelings and they're propelling us to become a better person in a positive and a self-loving way, then I think it's okay. 
But if we're trying to become a different person because we're having self-hatred and, or it's making us more fearful or more turn inward or things like that, then I don't think it's a, it's a beneficial emotion. That made sense. Yeah. It's interesting because uh, I've I've heard a lot of interviews with first responders, specifically detectives, cops. (laughs) Of course I have. Of course. And, And they've talked, for example, one of the, one of the recent conversations I heard was about the Columbine shoot and it was from um, the cops that were on that. And, and they were talking about what they had to carry because they had to make such quick decisions with limited information and they're doing the best that they could. And they go every day, especially like with, with a shooting like this, every time we're on the job and it involves a life and death thing, it's like, you have to act quickly and you yeah. have to hope for the best that you made the right decision. And he's like, sometimes I, like he goes, I have survivors, families that are so grateful for me for how I chose to lead my team because it saved their child. And then I have, on the other hand, the ones who I wasn't able to save because I made that decision. Yeah. And it's like, how, do, you know, that's a, a different scenario than widowhood sort of, but it just shows that guilt and choices go come in all forms. Yeah. It's hard stuff. So where does shame fit in with the guilt? Ooh, so shame, I don't think shame is useful at all. That's when you, I don't know, I guess you can shame yourself, but that's like I was saying before, where we put ourselves down and we make ourselves feel smaller and we make ourselves, you know, have self-hatred and that doesn't do anything for anybody. And I feel like oftentimes we feel shamed from those outside sources for making the decisions that we made. And I think that the very vast majority of the people on this planet should not feel shame or should not feel guilt about how things went down. I think that all of us, it is totally reasonable to say that we have regrets. We have boatloads of regrets, but none of it was done with the intention to harm. Sometimes we assume that unless we had a huge life insurance payout, we don't really need to know anything about investments or even finances. But guess what? A little knowledge of finances is critical for all of us. Maybe your partner was in charge of that stuff and now you find yourself making all the decisions. Maybe you're mad about that. Maybe I am. Nicole from the He's Gone But The Money's Not podcast is here to help. She tackles financial literacy by telling the stories of women and widows and finance experts and shares the lessons they've learned as certified financial planners. Whether you know a lot and feel confident in your financial decisions or feel unsure about all of that stuff, there is more to learn. Listen and subscribe to the He's Gone But The Money's Not podcast on all podcast platforms. This ad was paid for by Rockhouse Financial and SEC Registered Investment Advisor. That's interesting. Uh, you mentioned the word should. Yes, I know. Every so time hard. I say that, it's like, it's just, I know it's so hard. It's part of our vernacular. It just comes yeah. out. But just the word should can place, I don't know, it signifies to people that, that they did something wrong. And so maybe changing a vocabulary to something like you didn't need to feel guilt. I don't know. What do you think? Options? I feel like should 
is a word that I have a hard time replacing sometimes. I understand the idea behind not shooting on ourselves, you know, except for in cases of safety or well-being or whatever. But um, that goes back to what I was saying about when people would try and tell me that I should not feel guilty. I kind of felt like don't don't try and force me to feel one way or the other but on the same on the same token like in a universe in the universe's way I should not have felt guilty because I didn't do anything wrong or I didn't do anything with the intention of malice even if I did something wrong because I mean there are accidents that that happen there are people do things that might even have caused the death of their spouse and as long as it wasn't done with the intention to hurt then guilt is not the right feeling yeah you're not gonna go to prison maybe you will maybe you will if it's warranted i don't know well anita i remember vividly when you were going through those times of you were because you've been pretty open about your journey on facebook and i remember for some reason when we were first friends i was like always in the tub texting you so i remember being in the (laughs) bathtub Oh, you're still always doing that. Okay. I'm still always doing that. That's true. But, um, you were saying everybody is telling me that I should not feel guilty. Go look at my Facebook posts. And so I did. And, and I remember reading it and being like, oh man, I, I totally understand why they're saying those things, but I would not have known that it's causing some, um, upset with Anita unless she had told me. And it was an interesting perspective because it, it changes over time. Like maybe now, if you said that, cause you've worked through it, would you yeah. think differently? I don't know. I just go back to that idea that it's something that each person has to pull out of themselves. So you can tell me, don't feel guilty all you want, but until I have come to terms with it, then, um, it's, it's not, it's, it's not going to happen. It's like the beach ball analogy. And actually I had a friend who, her baby died and they were talking about feeling guilty. And I said this, and I think it was very controversial to the room. I said, you don't try and push your guilt away. And they were all like, what? She's obviously not responsible. And I said, of course she's not responsible, but sometimes you have to kind of sit with that feeling and you have to ask yourself questions about it. And you have to come out of that tunnel by yourself instead of everybody else saying, of course, it's not your fault. Of course it wasn't her fault, you know, but just telling her don't feel guilty was not going to help her find her way out of that tunnel. It was like, you need to sit with that. You need to ask yourselves those questions. You know, did I do it on purpose? Was there, you know, is it a regret or is it, is it a guilt? Am I shaming myself? All of those kind of questions. And whether it, whether or not it's valid or true, you will determine over time. And that's one thing that's so interesting about the the loss journey is everybody that's like a therapist or a thought worker, the advice is make friends with your grief, make friends with your emotions, learn yeah. to sit with it. And it's so hard because it's uncomfortable. It's painful. It like shreds us. It's like it's Wolverine came up to our chest and went, wah! And you're bleeding from the inside. It's like, I'm supposed to sit with this, but that's where healing starts. It's hard. So um, I did specifically EMDR for those feelings of guilt. 
And even my therapist was, she thought that we were going to come out of the path with me being like, I don't feel these feelings anymore. And I explain it to people that I came out of those sessions still feeling like, yes, I could have done something. No, I didn't. And I describe it as a pebble that I carry around, but it's a pebble and it's not a thorn anymore. So it's not a painful feeling. It's a heavy feeling, um, but it's not so biting anymore. And it did take actual work to try and go through those thoughts. But if other people are putting guilt on you, do not accept it. That's how I feel. Like, just, no, they don't get to do that. Um, I appreciate you trying to give me this thing of guilt. You can take it back. Bye-bye. Yes, you don't even need a receipt to return that. Just, just return that. And I realize that saying that is, is oversimplifying too, because you oftentimes have to interact with those people. And sometimes they don't even say it and you can just sense it. But I feel like we have enough guilt that we make in our own brains that. I have a question for you because you're a mom and I've seen Mm. this before. What? When somebody's husband or partner dies and it's the father of the children, Mm -hmm. I've seen other people get on there and say, you need to keep going because you have children to live for. Mm-hmm. And my non-mom heart gets so mad. <laughs> Even I know that that place is extra on them. What do you? The think? funny thing is, is that it's it's true. But again, it's like when you tell me that, it's not helpful because, I mean, when your back is up against the wall, do you need to take care of your kids for sure? But, I mean, I could possibly need to have a break from my kids. I, I mean, in the, in the extreme version, what if I needed to check myself into the, the psych unit for a little while? Like, is that acceptable? Yes. And so it's like, there are options and you don't need to say to yourself, this is all on me all the time. I have to get through this for my kids. Yeah, you do, but also you don't. It goes, it goes back to that. It goes back to the same thing that it's all about finding it within yourself. And if you come to that conclusion, which is kind of a true conclusion that yes, you have got to keep going because you have other people to take care of, but that can be such a burying feeling because how are you possibly supposed to keep going? It's too hard. So there, there is, there is an out. I mean, it might be a nuclear out, but there is. Also, don't all moms everywhere know that they have other kids that need them? Like, isn't that a given? Yes. Why do people say that? Yeah, I don't know. It's I don't know. Whatever. Who cares? So, (laughs) well, and that when people say that though, it does it is a little bit grating because it almost the idea is almost you must be strong at all times for your kids as opposed to like, you get to feel your feelings and you get to break down when you need to, because actually that's good for your kids too. At least I tell myself that because mm, it's happening. So. Well, that's the whole reason for this podcast too, is because we have learned, we learned early on that, oh, we were not prepared for this. We have not discussed these things. We were not taught this in our culture or in our society. We're going to talk about it. So yeah, you might have a lot of pushback because 
people that start talking about things that go against kind of the cultural norm tend to get a lot of pushback. So I support you. you. So basically there are external sources that can impose guilt and internal things that can impose guilt. It's a good skill to try and develop when you have bandwidth to decide if it's external or internal and go from there. Yeah. For those of you that are struggling with a lot of guilt, we feel you. We're here for you. Join our Widow Wives Club. It's on Facebook. There's a link let's, in our bio. Of let's everything. talk about it there. Yes. If you have a specific instance you'd like to share or just a general comment, comment below. Yeah. And it's just guilt is just a universal feeling that gets put on like a monster energy drink after your spouse dies. And then I think if your spouse dies of something that's, you know, not in the, like you were saying, standard, whatever, then it's like a monster drink plus an espresso. Don't give that to your four-year-old ever. (laughs) Specifically your four-year-old. I know because then I'd have to stay strong to keep going for him. We want to know what you guys think. So let us know. I'm Mel. I'm Anita. We're two widows who feel guilt and are working through it. And we're just trying to figure out widow. We do. This is my favorite thing to discuss with you. Tell me, what is it? One of my favorite things. I do enjoy tacos and cheese and dogs. This is about how you cannot pay hundreds and hundreds of dollars for a phone plan, especially when you're a widow, your person is dead, you might have kids, you might need another option, and you just want your phone to work, you want unlimited texting and service, and you want it to be like 25 bucks a month. It blows my mind that they have plans that start at $15 a month. That is so cheap. And the cool thing is, is it uses other 5G networks. And so you don't have to pay extra for that. And you still get great service. Yep. Anita and I have traveled all over and I have used my phone. So I highly recommend it. And my mom's even on it. When my dad died, we put his phone down to the cheapest plan, which is $15 a month. And I think my mom's on the $20 a month plan and it's so worth it. It's so much cheaper than what we were all paying before. So I highly recommend it if you're on a budget or not, who cares? Ryan Reynolds is in charge of the company and they send you free stickers with Ryan Reynolds temporary tattoos. It's kind of the best. So. If somebody wants to sign up, what can they do, Anita? Go to trymintmobile.com slash WWDN. Seriously, you guys, such a great idea. Save yourself some money. And if you're worried about losing data or having any changes with your phone, not going to happen. They walk you through it. Everything's fine. It's the easiest process of all time. Again, that's trymintmobile.com slash WWDN.